0: Hi everybody and welcome to the j podcast. This is Jessica and I'm Jamal and today we have a very special guest in the building. This is actually episode three, our till. Um, the person that we have available today, her name is India. Um, Just kind of give you a background on this episode, Um, today we're going to talk about ovarian cancer and India's mama, Ms. Emily Samore, i have known her for Ms. Moore, um, they battled this disease and today we're just going to go into depth, you know, some of the things that India was going through, also some ways to prevent it and which I think is very amazing what India is doing right now as far as promoting this and, you know, bringing awareness of this matter so, first, we're just gonna go on a basic intro of this. India, somebody I've been knowing since oh lord, India, second grade, oh, third, it was, was third, third, grade, it was third. Ridgecrest, Ridgecrest days. And it's funny, um, one of the earlier memories that I have with us, which is plenty, and we could talk all day about what we've been through. And prior to us shooting this episode, it's funny, we were talking about. How all three of us met, which is one memory. You want to
1: it's go It's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, we used to get dropped off at the mall. Me, my brothers, my cousin, and a couple more guys from the neighborhood. And I remember Jessica, she drove like a Nissan Sentra. 93. Like 90, 93 <laughs> Nissan Sentra. So if you guys can put, put that picture in your head or Google it once you guys. It is a 93 Nissan Sentra. And I'm a big dude already by myself. So it's literally like seven of us stacked up in the car and... and and I'm like, yeah, can you give us a ride home? And she like, sure. And I, I don't know if she was expecting as many people to pile up in the car as did, but that's how it went. Like five and, deep. Right. Probably so like, more than that, if you think about it. A, a friendship since then has just been forged. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing these two since. Uh, I basically made the transition to Huntsville in 04. That was my 10th grade year. And I've been friends with both of them ever since. Um, so, when I heard the end it was coming on the show I thought it was pretty cool For her just to uh, get her side of the story Out here and we just want to know Her her everyday walk of life um, Going through this I mean because I know It was a battle for a mom But it was also a battle for her And so we want to just um, Basically a bunch of friends talking uh, We've been good For a long time and, and, and this is Her episode really we're just Giving her the chance to to get Her side of the story out there
0: Yeah, so, and just to kind of give you guys a heads up, our kids are here as far as me and India's kids. (laughs) So, if you hear laughing and giggling and us kind of stopping, you know, we are authentic. We're as real as possible. You know, we we are mothers first and foremost. So, that's one thing you are going to hear in the background is the kids. So, we're trying to keep them as quiet as possible, but they are kids. Okay, so let's go into like one of the first stories I have with your mom. Well, several, but I can definitely name two. Um, I think the first time I met Miss Moore, we might have been in fourth or fifth grade. Do you remember with we the early works?
2: Yes, yeah.
0: it was fourth grade. <laughs> it was fourth grade early mm-hmm. works. Okay, I think we had Mr. Jones and Miss Gray. Yep. that were our teachers. The tag team. Tag team. <laughs> That's what they used to call it. Is mm-hmm. Tag team. <laughs> and I remember. Um, Dad went to Early Works Museum and I remember your mama had short hair. She had this short hairstyle and she had these gold earrings. And you remember my daddy went on that field trip? Yeah, I remember. And they were talking and it was funny because your mama used to date my uncle. What's your uncle? Uncle
2: Duke.
0: So what? Yeah, and yeah. I remember they were talking and she was yeah. like, "You know Ronnie," and my daddy was like, "Yeah." She had I-. been to your grandma's house before. Yeah, and that's when she <laughs> said. That she had been over there. So that was like one of the memories. And then another memory we was just talking about before was when your mama took us to a Snoop Dogg concert. That was
2: our first major concert.
0: And we was like in 7th or 8th grade. It was me, you, and Jamie. And I just remember your mama just always being cool. And every time I run into her, she'd be like, Jessica, who you dating right now? Who y'all man right now? And just being that bubble light and just being herself with that. But that's just one of many. Trust me, we have plenty of memories of Miss Moore. Like, as far as us, you know, everything that we've been through and just in general, because India probably, I say out of everybody, somebody that probably knows me and my family for the longest. Like, before the braces, before all of that. I remember used to be like, my teeth used to go like this. He used to be like, before this. So that's like, just to kind of give you a background of that.
1: Um. I think I met your mom on a couple of occasions. I remember one time she brought you lunch. I don't know if you can remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. And that. I think it was like Zach's or something, whatever it was. And I'm sitting there like cracking a few jokes, and she and she laughing like, "Man, this dude funny." But I'm really trying to get me one of them chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> ended up. Well, but remember, she
2: ended up sharing.
1: Right, she, right. She, she so it was one of those things that she and was, when was super she cool. First came in the cafeteria.
2: Nobody thought that she was my mama. Right. So everybody's like, "Dang, who was that?" Like, we like, "That's my mama." <laughs> Hey, Miss Moore. And <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: then I, I think I seen her on another occasion, I mean, we built that house um, right. down so by you never guys. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I seen her again uh, one of those days we were out there working on that house. So it was one of those things. Every time I seen her, she had a, a kindred spirit, uh, kind lady. And like I said, you know, on both occasions that I, I seen her, you know, we cracked a few jokes and stuff. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yep, full of light. That's one thing about Miss Moore. So you know, we definitely want to go into you know just something that you want to talk about as far as what you're doing right now with you know our teal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: pretty much. Um, I I decided. Well, I originally decided that I wanted to try to do something to give back and you know make people aware because you know I can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for myself. I always was stressed about or taught more about breast cancer or Mm -hmm. lung cancer or, you know, testicular, like I really didn't know too much about ovarian cancer and me being a woman, I should have been more aware, but I wasn't. So I kind of felt like now because my mom is not here, I need to be an advocate for her. Like, you know, my mom, even when she was going through her battle, she still was physically like, rather that's money, whatever advice she was still giving to people. Yeah. to the day she left she still gave to people so I felt like I wanted to do the same thing <clears throat> when I would go with her to chemo people would just like randomly come and just bring them stuff like it could be something simple like lotion or hand sanitizer just something simple that they would need during chemo so I told myself okay I want to do the same thing for people too cause you know it's it's hard when they're in there doing chemo you already sick, your body weak, they drain mentally, physically, emotionally so for them people to just take time out their life to just give them something, it would it brought so much, bring so much joy to them. So I wanted to do the same thing too. So pretty much what I started doing, I have the wristbands and the face masks. All the proceeds is, is nothing for me. It's pretty much all going to the patients. I found out that at Huntsville Hospital, at the cancer ward, they have over a hundred women that are battling ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, my goal is eventually to be able to help a hundred women. You know, now I'm you know I'm just starting off, so you know I hope to make at least twenty five care packages. It's not fifty to help at least fifty people, mm-hmm. but I mean eventually I want to get to if there's a hundred women there, I want to give a hundred women something i also said just because the fact not even just the women that are in there the nurses too i mean they my mama if you know my mama she was very um i can't call her needy but she was she was needy you know like <laughs> she wanted certain stuff a certain way and her feet you know you know she wanted things a certain way so i feel like even for them like i i respected the fact of how uh, compassionate the nurses are to the patient, so I even want to give them something as well. So pretty much that's you know that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just you know trying to give back. Yeah.
1: But right. Real quick, um, throw out your um, Cash App, and what we'll do when we post this episode, uh, you know, we'll we'll post it again just so people will know. Um, just give your Cash App and uh, tell about the wristbands and, and the face mask, and we just want to be advocates for you.
2: Okay, my cash app is Indy256. Um, the wristbands, it's a three-set wristband, but they all three have just positive little phrases on them, but you get three wristbands for $10. And then we also have the face mask, and they're $12. Um, you can just get a face mask with just the ovarian cancer ribbon on it, or you can get the one with the ovarian cancer ribbon, and it says Emma Strong on it as well.
1: Okay. Once again that cash app is
2: Indy uh I'm sorry, the dollar sign and then Indy256.
1: Okay, guys, like I said we'll have that posted along uh when we when we post this
0: episode. Yeah, so you'll definitely be able to see that on there. Okay, so let's definitely go into some questions that we definitely want to ask, you know, to kind of get insight. Um, first question is, what was your initial thoughts when you found out your mom had ovarian cancer?
2: I think for me, I mean, just like everybody, you think your mama, your parents see you are like a superhero. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, you knowing my mama, my mama was like tough, like, you know, like people would see her and respect her immediately or be scared, whatever the, you know, one of the other. So it was like, to me, when I first found out, I instantly thought, okay, this is what we finna go through, but my mama finna beat this. Like, that's just instantly what I thought. Like, I did not, you know, I didn't. I didn't see it no other way like I kept we even told her no matter what you hear you keep your faith we gonna beat this so that was like my initial thought like nah we are gonna be good you know we might gotta go through a few challenges but we gonna be okay
1: did um, did you guys find out at the same time she found out like how, how did it come about um, did, did, was it a silent battle for her at first and then she brought you guys in or did you all find out around the same time
2: well actually, it ended up happening it was November of 2018, my mom's sister passed away. And, you know, they say cancer feeds off stress and depress You know, it feeds off that. So mm-hmm. my mom, that was like her closest sister. So she instantly grieved. Like, every day crying, like sick. I mean, depressed. So after that, we just started noticing that she started losing weight. So we just thinking, okay, well, you know, mom, you got to start eating. Can't just, you know, we just, you know, you just got to start eating. But then it got to the point to where the weight was, I mean, bad. Like she lost, it looked like she, you could just tell she lost at least 30, 40 pounds. So she had decided that, um, we finally decided that, you know, mommy, you need to go to the doctor. She went to several doctors and got tests and, you know, they'll tell her, well, it's just this or it's just that. And it still, it it just didn't add up to us no more. So she finally ended up going to, I can say the doctor, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she went to Whitney Durham, and um and that's a, a OBGYN in Huntsville. She finally went to her, and, you know, she ran some tests on my mom, and she was like, I'm a, I need to do some, some extra tests. And, you know, we were like, you know, why well, you need to do extra tests? But okay, so she did extra tests on my mom, and finally, like, two, three days it went by. We didn't hear nothing, so my mom called up there, and the note on her paperwork said to not tell her nothing on the phone. So when my mom called, the lady was like, I can't tell you anything. She was like, we have to get you to come in. So I couldn't, I had just started my job and I'm, you know, I'm pregnant at the time. So I couldn't just be off work, but something told us somebody need to go with her. So Mm -hmm. my brother ended up leaving work. My oldest brother ended up leaving work and thank God he left work and he was there because they ended up telling her then. And I, and after that, it's just like our whole world just, just crashed. Cause I mean, she called and told us all on the phone. Mm-hmm. so and at that time they didn't know you know what stage they just knew she had ovarian cancer and they knew that they needed to send her to somebody immediately right. so we found on a Wednesday and by Friday we were at a cancer doctor
1: was
0: it local? yeah we went local? we stayed local. Mm-hmm. stayed local so what were some of the challenges that you guys faced when fighting this battle as far as like you know with doctors, chemo I would say
2: with me because I was pregnant yeah. so with me being pregnant it, it's only so much I could do you know, physically, like, it was only so much I could do. So, it's like, as far as, I still always, I'm going to always make a way. So, you know, being that I work at the hospital, if my mom had to go to the doctor, I would go to the doctor on my lunch break. You know, mm-hmm. I would tell her to make her appointments around my lunch break so I could make sure I go, too. But, I mean, I think the, I mean, the challenging part was really just trying to stay strong. You know, mm-hmm. even... Just having to just stay strong for her, you know, you got to put on an act because we was just as scared and hurt and confused as her. But when you were around her, we couldn't show that. A yeah. lot of people tell me, "Don't cry in front of her. Don't cry in front of her." I mean, it's kind of hard, <laughs> you know. Not especially to as work. close
0: as you guys are. Yes. Like I know for a fact, like that's your, you know, best yes. friend. Like, oh yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I, I think that was probably the tra- challenging part, trying to stay strong mentally. Mm -hmm. And then still, like you said, having to go to work, still take care of the kids, and it it was challenging.
1: I mean, saying that, I I know you said, um, you know, you had to be strong for her, and I I know that had to be tough, but, you know, who did you have to lean on at that point in time?
2: With me, I'm real closed, So y'all know how I am. So it's like, I kind of... I kind of went, I, I mean, my boyfriend, but for the most part, no, you know, God, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew what I was going through, not you, not her, you know, no, none of y'all could really besides give me advice, you know what I'm saying? So I think going through that, my, my faith with God got closer. So I feel like I leaned on him more than anybody.
1: And and that was another thing. uh, I know we didn't give you that, but that was another thing that I had mentioned to Jessica, just like spiritually. Mm-hmm. you know you just spoke upon that it's just like your, your faith I mean I know that had to be a, a trying time I mean even in the early on stages so you know um how did you go about that it's just you know were you on daily talks with God or, or not what? at
2: first um not at first I think at first I was more or less mad you know like wondering like why my mama or why us you know like my mama my mama didn't do no wrong she did no drugs, did and drink you know right. why her you know right. and then it wasn't like she was just sick she was suffering so it was like mm-hmm. why did my mama have to suffer too but i kind of the the longer it happened the more her faith got stronger so then my faith got stronger too like she ended up finding a church and i had already told her before if she leave i would follow so when she joined the church, I did too. You know, mm-hmm. I had been baptized before, but I just did it when I was a kid because everybody else did it. Right. I found a purpose to do it, and I made sure that, you know, even with my son, she wanted that for both of my kids. So when I got baptized, Jessica was there, he did too, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like we just, I don't know. It was still, I still have questions. I i mean, I probably am for a long time, but I don't, I know, I know where my mama at, you know what I'm saying? Like I know. I know my mama in heaven, like I don't I don't question it without a doubt. And I'm just gonna I feel like even though I'm still kinda upset, this is just gonna make me wanna far as I mean, know God a little bit better, like way better. I mean to be honest. Yeah. Way better.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you definitely go on the right path, especially with you guys getting baptized. I thought that was a very special moment that you guys went and did it together, especially you and Ethan. I thought that was really a special moment. How was it on your family as far as, like, your dad? You know, I do know your dad. I know your brothers. I know the kids. I think it was,
2: I mean, it was hard. I feel like it was hard, of course, on me and my brothers, but I feel like it was more, it was harder for my dad. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we still went home. You know, we still had to go home. My brother to his wife, my brother to his, you know, girl, and me. You know, we had to go home. He had to be there. So Mm -hmm. there were certain things that went on that we didn't even witness. You know, so I feel like, it, even to this day I, I know it's affecting him. You know, we had to move him. So it's like now he went from being in a house with your wife to now you're in a, a two bedroom apartment, it's just you. So it's like with him it was it was probably the hardest for him. And then it's like I said, you know, most men wanna see they don't wanna see they supposed to go before their wife. You know what I'm saying? That's what's in his head. I was supposed to go before my wife. Yeah. So it's like that that took a hard part. And then my mama was such the the woman, like, you know, she, she, she paid the bill. He gave her the money, he paid the bills. He didn't even know how to go pay her for utilities. He thought she still had to drive up there. You know what I'm saying? Dang, so it like, he got there. Yeah, like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it was like, even then when she was sick, like, she wasn't physically able to go do stuff like that. So right. he had to go do that. But, you know, we, of course, alleviated off of him. But I feel like it was probably the hardest for him. I mean, even for her, like her siblings, because, you know, her family, she's, it's her. Like, she's the main person. She's going to make sure she help everybody. <laughs> if somebody's sick, she's going to be there for them. So, it was adjustment even for them. So, mm. yeah.
1: So, I know that had to be truly tough. I mean, like you said, for somebody who handled everything, and now that person is gone. So, now it's just like, I know we're in 2020, 2019, 2020. It's one of those things like it's a whole new world to him at this oh, yeah. point. Mm-hmm. It's like man, you can do this. Or, I didn't even know you could do this. <laughs> man, you can call over the phone and just get this information to do this. So mm-hmm. I know that had to be tough for him. I probably still is tough to him. um But what we want to know: at what point did you guys know that it was super serious? Meaning like out of the doctor's control? um How did that make you guys feel? Or how did that make you feel? What were your initial thoughts?
2: I think, um, I still felt like it was, it, I still was praying on a miracle. Mm-hmm. So even after, you know, we were told there wasn't really nothing else they could do, we still was praying on a miracle. They whole um, they pretty much had told us that, um, that she was terminal. Mm-hmm. So I wish they never used that word because um, it's like that word kind of pretty much stuck in my mom's head. Like she could not get over the fact like, I'm terminal, Indy. I'm terminal. Like no matter what we would say, she would say that. But um, once they, I mean, they pretty much told us it wasn't nothing else they could do. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm going to just, it, whatever faith we had at that time, we was just pretty much gone. I broken. mean, yeah, we was, we was broken. I mean, we still, they had, they, their goal was. For them to try to come up with um, like a trial drug for her. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much all that would do is just let her, allow her to enjoy or have some type of quality of life. Mm -hmm. Like we knew that there wasn't a way for them to get rid of the cancer. It was just basically them just give, you know, pretty much giving her something just to keep her here longer. Right. But, I mean, after they told us that, I mean, I think we all were pretty much crushed.
1: Did you did you question God at, at that point in time?
2: I told you I questioned him throughout the whole the whole thing. Like I, I I questioned him throughout the whole thing, but I definitely I definitely
1: did. Right. I did. And I know like just just going back to her being here at that point in time, I know when you just said like it's terminal, it's terminal, it's terminal. How did she go about every day beyond that?
2: Yeah. if at first when before they told her that she was terminal she was still going about life like normal mm-hmm. like she was still putting on her makeup you know she ended up of course losing her hair through the chemo but she's still putting on her makeup and going out and going out to eat seeing her friends and right. but once the whole terminal came it was like she didn't want to really do nothing I mean sometimes she didn't really want to eat or even if she wanted to, I mean, I, she probably physically couldn't. So, but at, at first she, you know, she had high spirits. Like she really thought like, I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to beat this. You know, it's just, she going to be able to, you know, tell yeah. people her story. Yeah. But then it's like, once that, that word terminal came up and I'm going to be honest, you know, I mean, since we just being honest, I feel like it's the way the doctor told her mm-hmm. is what made it worse. Right. Like to me, I, I'm real big on bedside manners. And I feel like the way he told her, his delivery made, was yeah, horrible. Was horrible. Yeah, like he told her, "This is what's gonna take her out." That's his exact word.
0: He told her that. Mm-hmm. That ain't cool.
2: No, and it's like when and I'm I'm behind her when he told her that. So my eyes is like, my daddy. You could just see he wanted to get up and just you know like right. just thump with this doctor because like I said, it's we knew it, you know. But it's just the way you said it. Right. You yeah. know, he was like, "It's not gonna be a cold or a flu." He was like, "This right here is what's gonna be take. What's gonna take you out?" He mm-hmm. was like, "So I want you to start living your your best life and enjoying life and enjoying your family." And we just like,
0: how can you say something in that man? Like you said, it's mm-hmm. just yeah. That bedside manner is so important when you're in the medical field, and that's not the way to do it. Did they put a did they put a timetable on it?
2: No, they never put a time on it. They just totally because, mm-hmm. like I said, the the goal was the for them pretty much after we left from that one doctor he referred her out to another doctor right. and pretty much this doctor was supposed to make like a a trial drug for her which would like I said allow her to be able to, to just you know live longer but they never put like a time on it. Right.
0: So let me ask you this real mm-hmm. quick Andy Okay, you guys. Just to kind of get you understanding, we got the kids here. So if you're hearing us going ooh, 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 when you hear doors and stuff, India's youngest daughter, Heaven, is one and busy. And busy. <laughs> she is a busybody. So when I tell you this is gonna be one of the realest episodes where you hear us like, uh, or you can't see because I didn't do any, you know, visual recording. But as far as hearing, you definitely are gonna hear us saying like, ooh, ooh, that's where they that came from. <laughs> She is dancing, and she is all over because <laughs> we're live recording at my house right now. So she's everywhere. But I know a lot of our listeners have one-year-olds or have had one-year-olds and they're now older. So um, oh, what was my question? I felt like I was asking something. And I forgot. <laughs> oh man, dang. My mind just went blank no I'm still talking (laughs) and you just and you heard my co-host talking about something did you pause it yeah we're still talking I mean I had a question but I don't know what that next question was this is a very like I said this is a real conversation you would think well we are sitting at the table but Um, we're just talking the next question
1: was going to be when you told you it was terminal illness how much time did you guys have beyond that let me see we found out my
2: mom was terminal in June. Was it before Fourth of July? Yeah, I think it was in it was after her birthday. So I say July. July.
0: I feel like that's when you told me too. Remember when I ran into you at the Boys and Girls Club? Yeah. And it wasn't it around that
2: time? It was about July. Yeah. And then she my mom passed away March. So how many months is that? <laughs>
0: about 7 we eight all eight months. Seven, eight eight, eight months. months. Mm-hmm. Now I know what my question was. How was it difficult you know with that transition and going through COVID cuz you know that was around the time that COVID happened. Okay.
2: So once it got to the point to where her cuz pretty much it got to the point to where she couldn't she lost so much weight that she wasn't a candidate anymore for chemo. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point to where it that mean the pain was the pain was increasing because she couldn't get chemo. So she ended up getting sick and went to the hospital. And when she went to the hospital, they pretty much let her know, you know, you've lost too much weight. You know, your her body, she was not... You know, the, the, they us that the chemo would kill her quicker because of how malnutrition she was. Yeah. So she decided, you know, her and my dad, I mean, without me and my brother's decision, she decided that she wanted to go ahead and do hospice because it's either you sit here and you suffer and you not get anything or you get hospice and you know, hospice goal is to pretty much make the person comfortable until they pass away. You know, we didn't want to do that because, you know, growing up, you hear hospice, you think, oh, death, like that's immediately what anybody think of. So, but I mean, she made that decision at the hospital that she wanted to do hospice because it, the pain was, it was just getting too bad.
0: Yeah.
1: As, as rough as things were, and I know you said, even to this day, you still question things as, as rough as things got, like, did you always have in the back of your mind, like God is going to perform a, a miracle mm-hmm. for, for your mom? I mean, what, were those your thoughts up until the end or
2: the, I, I guess to me, it was like little miracles were happening, you know what I'm right. saying? Like throughout the whole thing, like they told us that, um if anybody have been through cancer or had chemo, they know that or even if you take any type of medication, you know, it lock your bowels up. So my mom could not use the bathroom. Like it was so hard, it was like that. So she mm-hmm. could not use the bathroom. So they told us at the they told us that the hospice place was like, yeah, you know, eventually her life will decrease, you know, she will never be able to have a bowel movement anymore. You know, they, you know, explain all this stuff to us. And I'm like, this sounds like we killing it. You know, it it just sounds scary to me, you know, like, nah, you know? And I kid you not, they told us that we had to tell our mom at the hospital place what was happening. You know, they was like, you know, pretty much she's holding on for us. And we like, how do you tell your mama, like she's passing away, you know? Like, how do you tell them that? So we had, you know, we had to, you know, it was hard, but we, you know, we talked to her. And my mama, like, still, even then, was like, nah. She was like, they don't know what they're talking about. You yeah. know, like, they don't know what they're talking about. And that next day, she used the bathroom. Mm, that, wow. And that was from not having the bowel movement for a month. Wow. Mm. And that next day, I kid y'all not. <sighs> I know
1: it's tough. Um basically spoke about before we started this episode um, it's going to be emotions flaring and and basically that's where we are so we're going to give her a chance to just um, settle back in uh, because this is a tough situation that she had to deal with and that she's still dealing with in her everyday walk of life so I knew it was not easy for her to come in and you know have this conversation with us Um, but she's done a heck of a job to fight through and push to even get to this point, so I really do commend India for um, coming in and just sitting down with us.
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. Everybody I know. know. Saying, no, <laughs> you know, you, you know, uh-huh. you're okay. And big as a crybaby as I've been, you know how big of a crybaby I am. Because it's just like when it happened, so you know, was, yeah. we all were like, what? You know,
2: like these people, they literally say and I think the whole time, like, you know, any time we got any information in the back of head, we like, they not God. That's not God. You know, mama don't, you know, they not God. So even when that lady told us, like, she'll never be able to have a bowel movement again. And I'm talking about y'all the next day. It wasn't even just one. She had three. Mm. Three. Three.
0: Yeah.
2: They told us all she going to do is just sleep. She eventually not going to recognize us. It's not a day we didn't come in that room and my mama didn't know who I was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a day. Like, even till the last day, like, when it started getting to the point to where she wasn't really communicating with us, just mainly, like, sleeping. And I will never forget, like, one of the nurses hugged my mama. And my mama, Jessica, know shops. She know her perfume, her fragrances. She know her shoes. She (laughs) smelled the lady. And she told this lady what she was wearing. Uh And she told her, now, out of all this medicine, my mama take all day, my mama told this lady exactly the fragrance, what she was wearing. And the lady said, do you know that? My mama looked at her like... <laughs> did
0: you like do you know, you know who I am? Like, all right, all right. do you know who I am? And I'm it was laughing. like, that even so then... Hard.
2: Yeah, she... Like, looked at her and looked at me like, she don't know who I am, This, she? And it was like, even then, it's like, so... Me and my brother's like, nah, my mama got this. Like, right. you know, she is gonna be that walking testimony. Like... My mama got this, and I mean, into I know I skipped your question, or one of y'all question about the COVID. That's yeah. what made it worse.
0: The COVID. Because
2: it's the fact that we have my mom at a place, and we're only allowed to go in one person at a time. Yeah. So imagine your mama passing away, and Jamal got a big family. So imagine only one of y'all being able to go in at a time. Right. Yeah. I can't. I don't even have nobody to pick me up, and I'm in there on the flow. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But when she look, I, I straighten up, but... That was like the hardest part because you can't, you didn't have that support in the room with you. You know what I'm saying? So it was like we had to go by ourselves. And then when it got to the point to where it got worse, they telling us we might not be able to come in. We got to see it through the window. Wow. So it was like in our head, and I'm just trembling, y'all. In our head, we we thinking like, who wants their mama to go when she going by herself? Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it started getting to the point to where that's when even more like, I'm like, I got to pray, like my faith got to be strong because I kept thanking my mom alone, but she was not, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like she was not like even the, my mom had, it got to the point to where the medication, it was, a, it, she would be asleep. So the day I kid you not, before my mom passed away, we all took our turns. We came in and seen her. My niece ended up seeing her. My oldest niece, you know, she's the closest to my mama. She's oh, yeah, seventeen. Was she went to see her, mm-hmm. and uh, she calls me and she said, "Grandma Nana was talking to somebody." And I'm like, "Huh?" Like, I'm like, she was talking to you? She was like, "Nah, she was just like talking." You know what I'm saying? So her best friend went see her too. She said, "India, I don't know who she was talking to, but she was talking to somebody." I mean, just looking off into the space and just talking to somebody. And we like, you know, and I mean, I'm talking about a joyful conversation, like with laugh and everything. And it's like, even then, then literally the next day my mama passed away. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if she was talking to her sister, you know, maybe she was being welcome, but it's like, even then it's like, I, I ate myself up because I hated the fact of my mom being there. And I. I was like she alone you know that's what i kept thinking right. but it's like now that i can sit back and i can reflect and i can think she was not like she was not even when i was there it was still she wasn't alone then you right. know what i'm saying so it's just i don't know but that's just the to answer the COVID part i mean it was because you couldn't they didn't want to subject anybody in there to get sick right. and everybody there was terminal so right. you literally only could come in one at a time, and if another person was in there, you had to look through the window.
1: When when you, um, or when you and your family, mainly you, when you got the, the phone call, or were you there when she passed away? Or when you got the phone call, the initial call, that Ms. Moore is no longer here, like, what did that do to you? I don't
2: know, Jamal, what it did not do to me. I think, so... I got to the point to where like, I always kept my phone on me because somebody always going to call me rather that's my mom or my daddy. Like, so anytime my phone ring, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking, scared to answer. Right. But that day, that night, my phone died out of any other night, my phone would have never been dead. Right. But that day my phone died. I had to go to work. So I wake up about five thirty, six o'clock. So I look, I'm like, dang, my phone dead, you know? put my password in, turn my phone off. Bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what is this? What? You know, like, what's going on? People like, you okay? Where you at? Why you not answering the phone? Is everything okay? I can't believe this. And I'm like, what is they talking about? I've been asleep. I get on Facebook. And, you know, my brother had posted about it. But he had called me too. And they were thinking, I got the message, but I'm just... Not talking to nobody. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't that. I was asleep. So that part, eat that right there, Jamal, like, ah, man. To find out through Facebook. find
1: out through Facebook. And I I know,
2: that's a conversation. I know it has
1: nothing to do with this, but I think that is one of the more disrespectful things. And I know at that point in time, Mm -hmm. like you said, people just thought you had checked Mm -hmm. out and wanted to be Mm -hmm.
0: alone. They had assumed it, but you see that happen so much nowadays Mm -hmm. that people put that business, somebody that, you know, they probably wouldn't have known, oh, you know, recipes this and Facebook. And like you said, we know that's a separate Mm -hmm. separate conversation and we know that did not happen in this scenario. So let me make sure I, we both say that, but we're just saying in general, like Mm -hmm. that Facebook, social media can be, ooh.
1: So, How much time did you take to yourself? Because I knew it was kind of one of those things that this happened and it was a tragedy. But I know you being the only girl is like, now we got to prepare her for her her final resting state. Like, how tough was that just to transition from this state, basically to this state, knowing that at that point it still wasn't over because you, you guys still had to memorialize your mother?
2: I think one thing I, my mom, like, I appreciate her about, because she she did that herself. Like, my mom knew what was happening. So, for two months, y'all, she talked about her obituary every day. Mm-hmm. And every day, I'm like, no, mama, I don't want to talk about I remember telling you, like, I don't yeah, want to talk about her. stuff like that. Like, we not speaking deaf into your life. But she like, no, Indy, because I don't want it to be that. that that's a lot on you. And I and I wanted, I want my funeral certain type of way like you know what I'm saying like <laughs> and if you know mama. your
0: mama <laughs> so
2: it was like I avoided it but finally that day when we were at the hospital and she decided that that's what she wanted to do she said I got my book we needed we need to go ahead and do this and we sat in the I I end up coming on my lunch break texting my boss and was like I can't come back like they was like India everybody knew what was going on so I sat over there with my mom and we made her whole obituary. I mean, I knew what her favorite Bible verse was to the song. Like we we did it to the tee. Oh. Now, granted, because of with the COVID, I she could not have, we couldn't have a memorial service like I feel like she deserved. We had to have a graveside service because at that time they weren't allowing, they weren't allowing, they weren't allowing church services or anything. So we pretty much had to do a graveside service for her.
1: And how to how. How did that make you feel? Because I was thinking, like, early on, and it just aside from, from this from this situation we're talking about, it's just like, this person has lived a life, a grand life, and knew many people, but those people won't have the opportunity to come show their respect. And it's like, COVID has taken it away from a lot of us, so I know you guys wanted to do it up, I mean, because, like, this is your mommy, like, I want to allow everybody an opportunity to pay, pay their respects. So, so, how different was that being that, because you guys just did a graveside deal, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. To be honest, I thought it was going to be, like, just us, you know, just like her close friends and her right. family. When I tell you, Jamal, they show, came and showed out. Like, it was so many people. Like, it ended up just being, you know, everybody had to be. You know, six Spray feet out, apart right. spread out. So the family could be in the tent, but everybody else had to be spread out. But it ended up coming together and being nice. I mean it it's, it was pretty I feel like we I wanted of her, of course, to have something bigger and better. Right. But it ended up being real nice.
0: Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So current state, like where are you now? I mean, I know fast forward is it's not one of those things that you just brush under the rug, but I know day by day probably has gotten better. So so what's your current state I mean even if it hasn't just what's your current state right now
2: I can't say I I think I'm getting I don't even want to say worse but I feel like I didn't have I didn't have the opportunity to grieve when my mom passed because I feel like I had so much stuff to handle like I wanted to make sure she had a nice service and everything so I really didn't have time to like really grieve so I feel like now because I'm like you know just sitting back and thinking and now it's like I um, some days are better than others right. you know some days I'm, I'm like okay and then other days I can't believe I'm even getting up out the bed right. I cry a lot I cry a lot I'm gonna be honest I mean not all my tears are sad tears though you right. know like sometimes just talking about something funny or a memory I'll just cry but I I have decided that I know I need to get some help like I, it is a situation I cannot handle on my own right. Like I didn't just lose a dog. I lost my mama, you know, and right. that's all I've known for 33 years So I I do I have decided that I am gonna get counseling So, you know, I've been talking to you know, just different people and trying to see who I feel like a fit for me but I feel like that's that's even something like me and my dad, my whole family, we've all decided that right. we wanted to do
0: that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. You know, I'm i am an advocate and, you know, we've had these conversations that I believe in therapy because, you know, they always say, especially with our race, that, oh, we don't have to go to therapy. Just pray mm-hmm. about it. And it's more to it than that. God would not allow these people to study, you know, being therapists and psychologists if it wasn't needed. So, I'm going to Push for that, and you know I'm always here if you need to talk about it, you know, I've been to therapy. a lot of people don't know that i I went through some things in my life where I had to go, and so I can only imagine what you're going through right now. I think it's gonna be good that you and your family you and your family did make that decision as far as going. Whew. I must say this is a hard episode. <laughs> this is probably one of the hardest episodes, especially with everything that we're doing right now. And we hope that it comes out well. But, you know, we'll mix it around. We'll see. So, we're just going to...
1: So, current state, like, back to um, your wristbands and face masks. We want to promote that as much as we can. Um, I I, I do think this was a heck of a thing that you came and did with us today. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate you for it. I know it's not one of those things that's easy to sit down and have a conversation about because... In in all honesty, it's still kind of fresh. Right. It's not like this is years out. This is months out. Four months. Right. Yeah. So we do appreciate you coming, um, sitting down with us for this podcast. Once again, let them know your um, cash Mm -hmm.
2: out. It's uh, the money symbol, then I-N-D-Y-256.
1: And we'll have pictures of uh, those pieces of merchandise so you guys can get a look at them. And we want you guys to support her um, as we will be.
0: Yep, and make sure you guys follow us on our Facebook page, which is the J&J Podcast. Also, we were all on Instagram, so you'll be able to see it as well. And that is it. India, thank you so much for doing this episode. You know I love you. Always. You know we're here. Anytime you want to come back and talk about it, you know, if you want to talk about anything, we're here. Right. And that is it. Thank you guys, and we out. All right.